G'day punters, Sugar Kane here to tell you about a massive week coming up on the Sportsbet Podcast Network. If you love your racing Monday mornings, Cliff O and Jules, they talk about what happened, what went right, what did not. That's the money men, and they back it up again, boys, on the Saturday, talking about all the latest market moves ahead of your race day coming up. Now, Fridays, three wide, no cover. Jules, SD, Wally, they talk about their best bets all around the country. This is the show that features on Racing.com on Thursday nights. We back it up with a podcast on Fridays. That is three wide, no cover. This week, they feature the Adelaide Group 1 races, so looking forward to that one. The Grubs are back. The Grubs are here to talk about the test on three slips, no cover. That's live, ready to go. We're talking about the test on Amazon, the show, the test. What do the boys think about that? Tune into three slips, no cover. Now, probably the golden child at the moment on the Sportsbet Podcast Network is Give Me Something. Give Me Something, a daily podcast, Monday to Friday, talking about all those quirky sports in all those corners of the world. A funny, funny show from all the faces at Sportsbet that you're familiar with. Looking forward to that. And this Friday, what about this? This Friday, Dante Exum, the Cleveland Cavalier himself. Dante Exum joins Give Me Something. Cannot wait for that. Now, Rugby League may be parked right now, but not for Dan Ganane, myself, and Sean the Trader. Six to go, we say. Get them on side continues. Some feature interviews. You can catch up on those. The past month alone, Phil Gus Gould, Jimmy the Pumper Cassidy, Sturlow, Daryl the Big Man Broman, terrific storytellers. Even if you don't love your rugby league, they talk about racing stories. It is fantastic. Get them on side. Now, the easiest way to stay on top of all of your sports bet podcasts, subscribe to them. Why? Because they go straight into your feed automatically. You don't need to be reminded about it. Anyway, to catch up on all of the sports bet podcasts, once you've subscribed, of course, you can go to sports bet Twitter, sports bet Facebook, or wherever you hear sports bet podcasts. Sportsbet Podcast, welcome aboard. We're doing it uh, a little differently. Hopefully it all works out okay. We're doing it basically the way everyone else has been doing it for the last three months. It's taken us <laughs> that long to do it this way, i.e. we're all from our own homes because Sean Joel has stopped inviting us to his place. Have you noticed in the last two weeks the hospitality has ended and now yeah. we're left to fend for ourselves. Hello to you. I wonder if it's um, if it's Joel or maybe the maybe the nice people of the shy down there maybe have found out where I come from and they just don't want me mixing in in their circles. I'm not too sure. No boys, no no. G'day boys, no. And it's good to have your voice back, Shawnee. We had yeah, we were person for a Thank you, mate. Just a little hiatus for a week, just to uh, you know get back into get back into shape. But good to be back. Well, that, boys, the reason you've been hey, evicted well, well, Joel, is because Joel, okay, Joel, that's on. a that is a terrible excuse. I mean, I, I would have expected you to say. Uh, I had to go into isolation. I, I had to do this, or I had <laughs> just to say I needed a week off, mate. Are you kidding? We could no, have used. I, we... <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I had something more for you. See so what I do? I just I pick when we have the big guests on. So we, I got Pumper out of the way. Got uh, big blocker. So we're back to no one. So I just sort of have a week off. But no, it's good to be back. Yeah, oh. Daryl loved being called Big Blocker as well, I suppose. Oh shit! But, uh... <laughs> good start, Sean. Um, but boys, the reason you got evicted is because. You know, I, I was loving having your company. I'd get quite excited. You'd be coming out here and we'd have a beer or two. It's be yeah, the beer. It was the we beer. Working. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you start turning up with your coffees, which was a message to say, do not offer me any form of alcohol. And, and it's all right for you blokes, no kids, just sort of trekking your way through life. But I've got four kids to negotiate throughout the week. I, w- I was hanging for your company 
uh, on a weekly basis. But anyway, has the Joel, 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 you could have, you could have kept drinking. We had to drive. Don't forget (laughs) that. Yeah, and. you, you. There was no reason why you couldn't have kept going. I, I think you have no problem drinking on your own. I don't. I don't think you need company <laughs> to drink. Judging from what I've seen from you, no, it's just this isolation, mind you. That, that run rate has certainly gone up. Speaking about this, I'm going to shoot Bambi nice and early, boys. Good. I'm going to shoot Bambi nice and early. So, Anzac Day. What a fantastic morning! Did you Did you get out the front of your house and? All the people had the candles, and actually a couple of people down the street had beers. They were really celebrating <laughs> the Anzacs. And I did not, and um, but I thought it was so wonderfully done. But here's where Bambi gets shot, right? I would have witnessed, I reckon, a dozen people either riding a bike or running past the people on the path. I mean, honestly, can you not just have one morning off where you're not running... They, they, some people treat it as if their own Olympic flame ceremony. They were running past all the candles. I mean, come on, this is a morning to have it off, is it not? Yeah, flogs, in, in short, Joel. You know, my, yeah. you know my opinion on those people, just flogs. It's all about them. What do you think, Dan? Well, I'm a runner, but I, I think <laughs> I am one of the great social distance runners because I think as the runner, right, that it is up to you... You're, you're, you're the inconvenience to everyone. So yes. it's up to you when you see someone 100 metres ahead who you know you're going to cross their path, it is up to you to veer away, either jump onto the road or jump onto the median, whatever, onto the, onto the grassy bit. It's up to you. There are too many runners who just lolly about in the middle of the footpath. <laughs> now... We all know a footpath is not a metre and a half wide. So you've got to mm. hug one side of the footpath if you're a runner, in my opinion. I, now, I think it's proven, isn't it, that runners who have it are the most likely to pass it on because what are you doing when you're running? You're wheezing. You're, the the yes. droplets are flying out of you. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to defend myself as a runner because I think I'm one of the good guys and... The other runners, and, and there is something about, I think there's something called the soccer snob. I think if you're a, a soccer fan or football fan, you think you're better than other sports fans, that soccer yeah. is this, right? I think there's the runner snob. And I think, yeah. if, I think people that are runners generally think that they are above society. And I come from an area, let me tell you something, you talk about runners on, at Anzac morning. Well, I went for a walk on Anzac afternoon. In the guise of exercise, so don't don't uh, don't send me emails uh, through <laughs> Coogee. Right, we all know Coogee yeah. is one of the most ill-disciplined areas when it comes to this. So the beach is closed because the people couldn't be trusted. Mm. So there's police along Coogee Beach. Coogee Beach is not a massive beach, but there's a, a police car going up and down on sea level, on ground level. But then if you go up up the footpath past the Coogee Pavilion. It's a park called Dunningham Park. It's a beautiful grassy area. I swear there would have been 300 people in close proximity wow. just sitting on the grass, uh, not practicing social distancing, honestly just begging to be busted by the cops, just sitting yeah. there in the sun. Now, I get it. It's a beautiful day. It's a public holiday. It's Anzac Day. But, mate, I am so ashamed of my brethren in the eastern suburbs. We are a, dis- we are a disgusting disgrace. 
you are a disgrace because wow. it's all it's all those people that have put us in this situation. You know what I mean? They're putting everyone at risk, and we've seen it happen in the NRL. You know what the boys have been up to. When you know it's it's a very selfish act, and I'm glad you lumped yourself uh, in with all those people, Dan, because you're all you're all the same. You're all you coogeyites. You're all flogs. <laughs> The other thing is, too, like... Yeah, Sean comes from I mean, Melbourne, everybody, so judge him how you will. <laughs> you're driving the car. Like, do you have to... Like, I see a lot of runners on the road. Like, why are you running on the road? Like, can't you just run on the footpath and go around those you need to go around? Yeah, like, it's... why do people feel the, the need to charge down the middle of a road? Oh, the middle no. of a road? Well, I, I will hug... So, so, if I'm socially distancing... I will hug sort of the cars parked, right, just to get away yes. from the people on the footpath. But who's running on the middle of the road? That's insane. Oh, you that's see a- plenty of them. That is asking, that's asking to be knocked over. Yeah. So what so, else is happening, Dan? How's your week been going? Well, you Joel, you sound... a terrific game in the snow, did you? Uh, we'll get to that. Joel, you sound like you're starting <laughs> to get frustrated. No, no. I'm actually... Like, I, I do not um, like the fact that people are... You know, tools down for work and those sorts of things. But I will say, there's many gifts in in all of this. I've I've enjoyed the company of the four kids, the amount of board games we've been playing, the the amount of things we've been building, the training together. Yep. I've actually really enjoyed many parts of it, to be honest. Good, excellent. How are you going, Sean? Yeah, good. I'm I'm keen to to find out. Just while we're we'll we'll stay with fitness for a, for a while. Uh, how's the fitness going, you two? Because it can either go one or two ways. I've found. <laughs> In my experience, and I think it's actually been pretty good for me. My my fitness has sort of uh, has been good, but I've got some I've got some close mates that have really really bloomed out in isolation and are making <laughs> the most of it. So have you but you still been getting out there, Dan, going for a run? The only thing I'm doing is running. I um I was a day late to buy all my equipment, so I went to Rebel to buy weights, right, uh, and just barbells and sort of and, and I don't lift heavy stuff, so I don't need that many uh, weights. But I was I went on the Tuesday when the Monday was when it was just flying off the shelves. So I missed out on... So I got to buy the actual plates, the weight plates. But I had to wait a month to get get some bars to put them on. So for a month, I didn't lift a thing. The only thing I did was run once a week. So that's kind of keeping me in shape. But you know when you can just feel your body shape changing... So I'm getting, so I'm actually not lo- gaining weight or losing weight, but I'm losing any semblance of muscle that I had. Um, and I'm not eating well. I'm eating bread, which I haven't done for two years. I'm eating pasta, which I haven't done for two years. Thankfully, I'm staying off sugar. Uh, pa- pastry now, uh, uh, at least once a day, it's an almond croissant. <laughs> Or pastry, that's a that's a slippery slope once you're on the oh, pastry yeah. train. Or it's a raisin, <laughs> a raisin scroll. Um, the raisin scroll very underrated because you know if if you if you pick it off the way it's designed to be, you're just going to get a nice fluffy middle. And and I you know I just these I've ignored these things for too long. So to answer your question, Sean, I'm not blowing out, but I'm certainly not getting any fitter. What about you, Joel? Uh, I'm actually I've never weighed as heavy as I am now, so I've actually put the weight on. But I'm actually probably as fit as I've been in 12 months. If you can work that out in any way, shape, or form. You can't outrun a bad diet, gentlemen. That's what I've worked out. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Well, they, call it 80, 
80 20. I'm keen to you... see how you come out of this, Joel, because you, you're, you're a fan of a somewhat of a crash diet. Every six weeks, you walk into the office and you've got you've either got a man shake or you're on some <laughs> some crazy yeah. diet. I am I am keen to see what's at the what's at the end of this. Yeah, there'll be something there in store for you, Shorty boy. Joel, I'll be your nutritionist if you want. I I, I could put you on a diet. How many kilos do you want to lose? Oh, look, I've just started this week um, the fasting till midday. Yeah, so that's not having a, the, my f- And when's your last meal? Oh, it depends when it gets served up. But the hardest thing for me, Dan, is a house full of kids. Yeah. Is that there's so many, you can't, look, in your house, you can have exactly what you yeah. want in that house, right? We've got 100%. snacks all over the place. And, 100%. And you finish off the kids' meals and all those sorts of things, you know? So yeah. that's probably the hardest part. Well, the discipline, too. You're on the right track. If you go from at least 16-8 is not the be-all and end-all, but it's a very good start that at least when you wake up in the morning, you're sort of burning fat already because you haven't eaten for 16 hours. But um, I'm available as a nutritionist, Joel, any time. Um, I look forward to it. Now, Sean, uh, Rugby League is supposed to be back on May 28. So what is happening with the markets? Because I've seen on Sportsbet that... Um, that uh, the, the NRL tab is back, but there's nothing available or, or very little available. So when can we expect markets to go up? Yeah, so we're in a, it's a bit of a funny period. We're in, so they've, they've made the announcement that we're going to be back on May 28, but that's been it. There's no, there's no real talk of, of fixturing, where it's going to be played, any of that sort of stuff. So as far as the betting is concerned, we're in a bit of a, a holding pattern, um, as it were. So... We've already had to, there's been a few markets that have already been voided just because we know it's going to be a short season. Obviously, that's not fair on anyone. So um, it's, a, it's a bit of a wait and see job, to be to be honest. I would, I would imagine as soon as we know where the games are, in what sort of format, um, and all the, all the usual stuff, They'll be up. They'll be up as soon as le- as soon as humanly possible. We'll have them up and betting because I am absolutely tonguing for a punt on rugby league. I'll give you that. If hey, you had no, tell me this as as the yeah. impartial uh, independent here. Mm. How and it's such a tricky one. The more you think about these futures bets, it's so tricky. How do you handle them? For example, uh, mm. top try scorer. What, what do you think should happen for top try scorer? No, you keep that. You oh, keep that even it, though. It's, it's that, oh, see, I don't know. It's a very, uh, very hard because I don't know the laws when it comes to gambling. I mean, I, I gather, I gather because the season has changed, you could void everything if you wanted, and you'd be legally within your rights. Um, now, I know you've already voided the over under wins because I got my money back for that. I'm considering that the first coronavirus bad beat um, <laughs> because, mate, I had all four. Lo- I had Penrith over. I think it was 11 and a half. I had Parramatta over 12 and a half. Well, they're already 2 and 0. I had Cronulla under 12 and a half. And I think South was the other one. Mate, that was going to win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but to answer your question seriously, I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I, I have top try scorers. I have grand final bets. I have all those. I'm happy for them to ride it. Okay, it's unfortunate, but it's the same for everyone. So, uh, I don't know. I'm happy to let it ride. But I think it does become more of a sprint now than a um, than a uh, than a marathon. But no origin. You also got to consider that. Mm, so you don't have yeah. to now factor in those six weeks when the Warriors pick up cheap wins <laughs> that they don't deserve. I'm starting. Yeah. To get, am I the only one starting to get a little bit annoyed 
about the Warriors. They're just being a little mouthy. Um, now, yes, they are sacrificing more than everyone else. I get that. But they're just throwing their weight around a little. The game would love to have the Warriors back. But the game can survive if the Warriors don't come across the border. That's the only point I'm making here. I just find it... We've just got to placate everyone now. I mean, players are now having a win from all over the game that they want pay deals sorted out. It's just the game is trying so hard to get back on its feet and it just seems we've got all these unnecessary impediments. You're, you're a former um, player, Joel. Would you be comfortable with your fellow players saying, no, we're not going back to training until we get a pay deal when everyone knows the money has not been sorted yet. This is a very delicate negotiation between Fox and Nine and no. the NRL. So it's not as if the NRL is, is hiding or is squirreling money away for itself and keeping it from the players. We don't know how much the game can afford yet. Yeah, I, I'm not with that, Dan. I, I think it's poor form. You've just got to, you know, a lot of players have earned a lot of money for a long time. And this is just when you just got to rip in. You've just got to turn up the training, do what's asked of you. Uh, remembering back in the day on the Warriors case, like, I mean, they would have uh, test tours for three months at a time, yeah. earning yeah. earning next to nothing. Like, I mean, we've, it's just one of those years where you've just got to rip in. You've just got to put your hand up for the betterment of the game, for the betterment of all the fans who watch the game, who love their clubs, and you've just got to take one for the team. I think we um, we also have to remember that there's there's nothing else making headlines at the moment now. So any little whisper that anyone picks up for any any of the camps is going to make um, mm. back page. You know we've got nothing else to Ooh. talk about. So um, look, everyone's just trying to you know look out for their own backyards, and I think that's okay. They're just going as as negotiations go. Everyone's just having a little dance with each other. It'll all get sorted out. Um, the Warriors will be here. We'll get a, a proper comp or as proper as we possibly can. And, um, yeah, I can't wait. I, look, I think they'll sort it out with the play. Now, we're recording this at 3.30 on a Thursday afternoon, so by the time you hear this, it's probably all going to be changed anyway. But um, uh, just reading some of the later reports, it's probably going to be sorted. But for God's and And, look, if the players don't go back to training on May 4, it doesn't... It, it's, it's only going to hurt them because if the game comes back May 28, it's going to be one or two or three or seven less days that they had to train if they don't go back on time. Um, Sean, what's going on in Melbourne? Um, because from afar, it looks like the AFL is being far more cautious, yet at the same time, I think they're looking at rugby league um, with a, a, a tinge of, I don't want to say jealousy, but perhaps envy that rugby league's taken a gamble that could have blown up and may well blow up in rugby league's face. Okay, they may get the order, sorry, can't do it. But at mm. the same time, the gamble looks like paying off. So all of a sudden, AFL, which doesn't come second in anything, is now facing the prospect of being on the sidelines while rugby league is back in business. Yeah, and you, you hit the nail on the head there. I, I just don't think that, uh, not so much them at, at AFL HQ, but certainly supporters of the AFL, they aren't, they're used to being the, the big boy in town and always doing things right and um, you know being innovative. And I just think they've got their nose a little bit out of joint that, that the NRL and, and Peter Volandis, who should be Prime Minister for, for <laughs> that's my two cents, he should be running the world as far as I'm concerned. Um, I just think they're a bit annoyed that we've sort of really gotten the front foot and have been pretty pretty definite and pretty damning in, in our um, in our want to get back as soon as possible. So um, 
<laughs> for uh, <laughs> go on. Hang on. What's happened here? What have I missed? Shorty knew the first beat straight away, so it proves he's an AFL man at heart. <laughs> what did he you know? don't know it yet, Dan? What's that? I can't hear that. I can't hear that. What you is it? You can't hear it? <laughs> Working, you hear that, Dan? Working oh, wonderfully here. Song. Up there, Kazali. <laughs> um, you've taken me down a path, Sean. Thank you for leading me into something, and that is the AFL media. And I'm fascinated with how they go about things. Um, and you mentioned Peter Volandis. I, I keep hearing Peter Volandis talked about down there as a polarising figure. Um, I was watching The Offsiders the other day on ABC, which is just, uh, it's fair income, uh, it's from AFL Central sometimes. And a fine broadcaster in Kelly Underwood, who I have a great amount of respect for, uh, referred to Peter Volandis as polarising. And I thought, and, and Kelly, I, I greatly respect, as I said, so I'm not having a shot at her, but I think this is what pervades Melbourne, is that Peter Volandis is polarising to you down there in Melbourne because he had the temerity to uh, rattle the cage with the Spring Carnival. Don't call him yes. polarising. He's not polarising up here, okay? He is actually a unifier up here. And people like I've seen Jared Waitley and Andy Marr have little pot shots at rugby league this week. trying to sneak past. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, right in my camera that. view. Um, she'll like that. <laughs> Hello, Kobe. Um, oh, she's gone. So, you know, the, these pot shots that, that, that Waitley and I and, uh, saw Randy Ma have shots that, oh, the NRL is going to get pushed back a couple of weeks because the AFL, uh, because uh, I'm hearing, I'm hearing that uh, the government is going to make everyone align as if the world doesn't restart until AFL is ready to restart. Yeah. And, and it is such a small-minded attitude AFL is the number one football code in this country. All right, there's no doubt about that. But I just, Sean, don't get the small-mindedness, the inferiority complex that pervades Melbourne, magnificent city. But you've got a thing about Sydney. I don't know what it is. And <laughs> AFL people have a thing about rugby league. Uh, anytime Origin's on, I see pot shots at State of Origin. Anytime rugby league does something, AFL has little pot shots. We accept it. AFL has done things better for the last 30 years and, and gets more TV money, certainly gets more crowds and more memberships and merchandise. It's it's the top dog. But just these little snide pot shots because all of a sudden your game is not the best at doing one particular thing, at doing one or, or doing one particular thing first. Anyway, that's I just wanted to get that off my chest because I'm, no, I'm, so, I I'm so sick of this attitude. Um... <laughs> Uh, and, and and it happens a lot on that show Offside as a fine show, the ABC show. But any time rugby league is referred to, it's talked down to. And AFL Ooh. is, you know, is this untouchable uh, thing at, at, at the top of the tree. Anyway, rant over. No, I love that. I love that, Dan. And I echo every sentiment that you said there. It's beautiful. It is, it, it's, it's a complex. I don't know what it is. Um, but there's, there's something there that they're insecure about. Melbourne, I'd love to. And look, I'll, I'm on the record. I'm from, I'm from Melbourne, but I'm a, I'm a rugby league man at heart now. And I don't know what it is. It's never, it's never, fa it's never really affected me, this complex. Or the, I don't know if it, is it jealousy about 
the weather, Joel, or I, I don't yeah, know what it is, but it's know. definitely it's alive and well, and it's alive and well now because we're going to be back first. So stick that up your ass, AFL. Hey, Shawnee, how's uh, Sammy Boy going? He's been very, very loud about he can't play his goals. <laughs> oh, man, please. I think old Sammy needs to up his medication, whatever he's on. He's, hey, yeah, he's yeah, completely not, lost. He's lost I the will plot. not hear a bad word about Sam Newman. He actually does make some fair points. Now, he is a being, he's being a bit militant about it day after day after day. But it, it is weird that the rest of the country or most states can play golf and you can't in Victoria. It doesn't make all that yeah, much sense. It, it is. And there's the, look, look, it's not the only bizarre. Um, I was chatting to a, a mate of mine who he, he runs his own gym that who have had to shut down. I was chatting to him mm. and apparently you can, he, he can train one-on-one as long as he's in a park, but he can't do a one-on-one session in his own gym. Like It just doesn't. There's a few things that don't really make sense, but um, mm. we all know it's for, the, it's for the greater good and as soon as it's all over, the better. So, back to league, um, it looks like, Joel, we're going to have, I mean, if this all works out, an October 25 grand final. And this is slightly different to what we spoke about last week. But October 25, A, do you like that? And, and Origin would be after that. Um, and now there's going to be a battle, it seems, over the grand final. Uh, Bank West would be the only available venue in New South Wales. Now, by then, we might have crowds. So, geez, I, I don't know. I love Bank West, but the idea of a grand final at a 30,000-seat venue does it, something not right about that. And what, what's so why can't it be at the SCG? What's on at that time? Well, SCG has the T20 tournament, which we all uh, assume is not going to happen, all right? That can't but go ahead, surely. At, well, what if, yeah, but what if the ICC don't call it off until the last possible moment, right? What if they mm. say, we're going to wait, we're going to wait, we're going to wait, um, at some point, the NRL is going to have to make a decision where we play this thing. Now, by then, we may have crowds, but we may have no international travel. The way I'm hearing, international travel will be the last thing to come back. Once international travel's back, then it's pretty much where it's normal. So we might be at a point there where people can go to games, but events like T20 can't happen, simply can't happen in October. So the SCG may be available. It may not. Um and then I, I would hope by October 25, we've got crowds again. It just, it, I, it's, it's a tough one for the NRL. It's not the biggest problem it has. But I do like October finals, Joel. I love it. I absolutely love it. And just think about this for a week, right? So, <laughs> Manicato... Well, you could start with Caulfield Cup the Saturday prior. <laughs> Manicato Stakes the following Friday. Cox Plate the Saturday. <laughs> Melbourne Cup Grand Final... The Sunday, following Saturday, you've got Derby Day, Tuesday, Cup Day, a week or so off, and you've got the State of Origin times three. Like, oh, please. <laughs> what a time to be alive. That is, that is better than Christmas. That is amazing. I could tell, oh. I could tell you'd been through the, die, the, calendar, the, the calendar because you sent us all a text message and you laid out day by day and throwing oh. the, the, throw the Everest um, week before that as well. It could, be yes. the, it could be the best three weeks of all of our lives. <laughs> well, I'll present this to you. What if the Melbourne Storm finish top two, which is eminently possible because they seem to do it most years, and get to host a prelim final? Wow. Uh, mm, on wow. the same weekend as Caulfield Cup. Wow. And I gather there'll be AFL. Is AFL going past October, um, Shawnee? Well, oh, they've they got a problem too because of the grounds. Yeah, we. I mean, and we don't know obviously what their what their plans are just just yet. But I, I would imagine it's going to be somewhat similar in duration to what the NRL are doing. So it's going to be around mm. the same time. Um, 
you'd think. And yeah, without can you imagine a grand final? We spoke about Origin without crowds and how bad that be, but also a grand final without a crowd as well it would just be a bizarre. I can't even imagine it. I can't yeah. even think about what it would be like um, with no crowd. So yeah, it all started with the basketball. Remember, we, we were doing our previews, and all of a sudden the Kings have said, "No, nah, we're not going to." That's right. Going to Perth, which I think in hindsight sounds a bit prissy now, doesn't it? Oh, it was prissy then. It was yeah. prissy then that the league didn't sign off on it. Perth didn't sign off on it. Was it Bogut who said, I'm not going? And then the Kings sort of yeah. fell in behind. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, back to what you brought up earlier, Joel. Yes. Uh, uh, so for Fox, while we're trying to fill in time here, um, they get us, myself and Vossi, because Warren Smith's on um, forced leave, I think, because um, I think he had a whole whack of holidays up his sleeve so he's off so Vossi and I are doing two classic games each so they're old games but mm. we're doing fresh calls on there and you know they're exactly what you'd expect 89 grand final uh, I think Vossi did the 1990 Kangaroo Great Britain second test that's the famous one where they score on the bell um, you know all the classic games right 05 grand final um, so they threw to me this week 2000, May 28. Weird date. I mean, it's in an unbelievable. If we come back on May 28, that is the 20-year anniversary of the snow game. Canberra yeah. versus West Tigers. I was so looking forward to this game because, Sean, I got to call Joel Kane for the first time in my life. Um, oh, what an honour. And i got to say, the snow, we don't want snow ever again at a football game because, Joel... It stunk as a, it was. It stunk, and I don't blame you, players. You yeah. had a go, mate. There are some teammates that dead set did not get their jerseys wet. Um, you must have hit it up fifteen times. So you uh, put your hand up. My God, John Carlaw. I'm still waiting for him to have a hit up. Laloa Milford. <laughs> Johnny Carlaw. He, he hasn't done any. He has, it's two two days since I called it, and he still hasn't had a hit up. But <laughs> but but I think we can agree, Joel, that snow plus rugby league does not equal quality. Nah, and and, and it doesn't equal crowd either. That that was the other thing. There was no one there, then. <laughs> I never want to play that again. You know the poor reserve graders though. They they played in a blizzard. It was shocking, shocking conditions. Kevin McGuinness was smart. He wore this undergarment, this long underarm. <laughs> Uh, undergarment that was quite smart but it, you know what Dan one thing I have or don't have for that matter with rugby league I actually don't remember my games I don't I couldn't tell you anything about the only thing I remember about that game is two three things I know I knocked the ball on for a try <laughs> I, I know that Leslie Vanicolo scored and slid for about 20 metres yes correct and the only other thing I remember was kicking it must have been in the first half because it was the other end of the field to where Vanicolo scored I remember placing the ball on the tee and I couldn't even feel my hand touching the ball. <laughs> I, I couldn't feel that sensation of your hand on the ball. Wow. It, it was just bizarre. So outside of it um, snowing, what was classic about this game that made, uh, that made Fox Zero. <laughs> Zero. Zero. No, it was, that oh, was, because it's the one game ever in 105 years, 110 years it's had snow, but he was the worst thing. So as Joel will know, so it, it, it bucketed down in snow during reserve grade and in the first half. So it was white in the first half, right? But then, it, I don't think, oh, you can tell me, Joe, but I don't think it warmed up. But the snow cleared, right? And the sun actually mm. broke through. So the snow started melting, and all that did was chop up the ground. 
So you had a mud bath in the middle of Canberra Stadium. Imagine mud on top of ice, an ice rink. And, I mean, it it looked miserable. Um, The snow sort of stayed around the ends of the ground, so you still had a little bit of white. Uh, But if we're going to go through that again, you'd want it to snow the whole game. You'd want the white field the whole game. Once once it stopped, it was awful. I felt so sorry for you. What was the tail of the tape, Dan? What the? What do you mean? Like what was the? I don't remember how the game went. Were we were we ever leading or do we? Yeah, you kept, flew out of the blocks. Craig Fields' kicking was unbelievable for the first 10-15 minutes. Every kick into the end goal and it just plugged. Then you got cold because Canberra had about twenty magical minutes. They led eighteen six. Then the Tigers uh, went berserk in the second half. You led twenty two eighteen, and look home. And in the last five minutes. Um, poor Craig Field who was the best player on the field by a street was charged down and I think Wolford charged it down picked up by I can't remember oh Mark McLinder who did nothing all day scored yeah. Canberra win with three minutes left who was um, Canberra's best? Daly was wearing number 13 he was good uh, DeVico was strong Ferner was good. Uh, so Williamson had a kick to win the game, did he? Yeah, next to the post. Oh, okay. Next okay. to the post. But again, so what was the, the final score? The final score was what? 22-24, Yeah. I wonder what the title was that day. It'd be absolutely <laughs> sick if you're on the... It's snowing. You get an absolute tap-in for an unders game, and it makes up... What's that? 40-odd. Well, here's the funny thing. i Sean. If you're on the... Um, uh, under and over season wins. If you're on the overs for the Tigers, it was a bad beat because we were sailing up until that game. We got beat by Canberra. The next week we played that famous game against the Panthers where they had that massive comeback. And I think we won probably one game in our last nine to miss the eight. <laughs> but what a time to be alive. That was the year of the Olympics. So the yeah. season got cut short. Like, not cut short. It was called off in August. And can you just imagine being... Nine, I think I was 19 or 20 or something like that. And you've got this long summer with the Olympics coming to your home city. What what a time to be alive! Any stories you can share with us, Joel, on air about the some of the tourists? Yeah, I got one. You go first, Joel. <laughs> I actually, um, I actually, I was at this party, right, um, the home run bar or something like that, mm. and I get kissed by <laughs> uh, Misty Hyman, who who beat Madame Butterfly. <laughs> and I never heard of her again. She just took off and, you know, I might have been, I don't know, but Misty Hyman uh, put one on the pecker. I think she's that's, won a gold medal. You have kissed an Olympic gold medalist. That's one of my favourite stories. Yeah. And I, 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 I said this to you before, Joel. I wonder if she's <laughs> sitting back going, jeez, remember that time that I kissed Joel Kane? Oh. Huh? Well, she does listen to the podcast, Sean. Of course so, she does, yeah. Um, g'day, Misty. <coughs> Misty Hyman. Well, funnily enough, names. so... So I just started a Triple M as a very, very, very junior worker. And I didn't get... Because we were a non-rights holder, uh, but bec- uh, we couldn't get official accreditation. Well, it, was, it was so limited, I had no chance. Uh, but I'd got like a secondary accreditation, which allowed me to go to sort of functions. Couldn't get into a venue, but I could get into sort of ancillary things. And there were so many of them. So I thought I'll try this, 
So I took it to the Heineken house. Remember the Heineken house, Joel, yeah. at Darling Harbour? Yeah, yeah. Now, I this do. was the Dutch. This was the Holland um, sort of uh, meeting place. So all the all the people in Orange would go to this joint. It was like yeah. a ma- it was sort of like Lunar Park looks like on the that that you know uh, so on the inside of the, the the big the big top at Lunar Park. Yes, sort of that yes, sort yes, of yes. vibe. It fits seven thousand people, um, and as the games kept, I just kept going there every second night. I'm thinking I'm not going to do better than this, and. As the games wore on, this was the great thing. More athletes finished. So more athletes are on the loose. So you just saw, like, Peter Van den Hoogen band. I saw him yeah. a fair bit in the second week. And like you, I also passed someone in the Heineken wow. house. But oh, I can't wow. remember who, who they were, what her name was, what event she was in. Uh, and that's my story. That, 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 and and I'm, I'm just... Dutch was enough. Dutch was... I'm happy to just put it out there, and you make up your own mind. Was she Dutch, uh, Dan? That's was she the part point. of a Dutch? Yeah. No, no. She, well, Actually she had voice. some sort of tracksuit on, but maybe she was just a bad dresser, <clears throat> and she just like she was a tourist wearing the Dutch uh, uh, tracks. <laughs> Tell me, um, who was the the female Peter Van der Hoogenbeger? He, he was the the man. Inky, Inky, uh, uh, Inky de Bruin. Inky de Bruin. Yeah, Inky de Bruin. That's it. That's she it. She was a sort. What's, yeah. what's doing? Do, do you know that um, that Kathy Freeman actually fourteen years after winning at the Olympics, she went and addressed the bunnies yeah. uh, the day before the grand final, and she spoke about embracing the pressure. You know, yeah. like imagine the pressure that she was under; the whole world was there. You know, and, yeah. uh, watching anyway. And um, she told Michael Maguire and the troops to really embrace it. It was fourteen years to the day, the day before she'd um, uh, that she had won it, and. So the South Sydney side got out there quite early for that grand final, and Desi Hasler was playing games. He made them wait in the sheds. I uh, remember. His team in the sheds. Yeah. And then South Sydney said, this is our day. We wanted this, you know, and it played in their hands. Yeah. Um, was that your favourite moment? How old are you, Sean, by the way? I ask you this every week. Yeah, you do. 34. Okay, 34. So you would have been about 13. 13 or 14 when the games were on. Yep, that's right. What was your favourite moment of the games? Because I've still got mine very much locked in. Uh, well, And it wasn't Cathy. No, well, to be honest, that that's about the only thing that I can remember from the whole thing, if I'm brutally honest, um, is, her, is, her, is her coming out with the, with the suit on, which I think everyone was a bit shocked at what she was wearing first and foremost, but then she, um, she uh, did it easy. That's about all I can remember, to be honest. I just seem to remember the, and Joel, you can certainly speak to this. The atmosphere in Sydney was like nothing we've ever had before, oh, ever had since. Like everyone was so nice to each other. Um, you, I mean, I think we were so worried. Worried's not the right word, but we we're so aware of our worldwide. We wanted to be seen as nice people in, on the worldwide stage that we were overly nice. It was beautiful, and. I remember going out after the fri- watched the opening ceremony at a, at a friend of a friend's place, went to the city, just it was a great atmosphere. But then the next night, Ian Thorpe running down Gary Hall Jr. Uh. And that, I think that was the first night, and that sort of, that was, that lit the flame from a sporting perspective. I, I still, that is still my favourite moment. Oh, might have been the second night because Thorpe won. No, it was the first night because Thorpe had won the 400, which he was supposed to win. 
But then when he ran down Gary Hall Jr. and Klim was playing the guitar. Yeah. That's right. That, That's right. That yeah. is my favourite moment because that was the first night I think we were as excited then as any moment. And, and that, that for me is my top moment. Is that well, is, it, is it true that the, the the Yanks come out earlier and said we're going to smash the Aussies like guitars or something? But they were, yeah, uh, yeah and, that's right. And, and, and Klim's played the um, whoever it was yeah. has played. Yeah, the, Gary Hall, yeah. Gary Hall. He yeah. was the one, but he was a good sport because he, he then went on Roy and HG, which was the cult show of the games a week later, and he was actually good fun. So he actually did the games a favour by coming out and blasting the Australians. Mm. Anyway. Marion Jones, and there's, there's actually a really good podcast, everyone who listens to this clearly loves podcasts, called uh, American Scandal, and the very first episode is Balco, um, and you can watch it after this podcast, or listen to it after this podcast, so don't cut out now, but <laughs> I was in love with Marion Jones at the time, she, she was all conquering on the track, wasn't she, at the time? Yes, she, she was. Ultimately got caught for, the, for um, the doctor, well the doctor, her doctor had smuggled the drugs in months before that particular Olympics, it's a very, very intriguing uh, podcast to listen to but uh, yeah what a time my highlight of all that Dan you mentioned the opening ceremony just being in Martin Place it was yes. chockers and and to oh, think is that where you were of, that's where I went after the opening ceremony yeah yeah and, and to think about you know security at that time probably was nowhere near what we'd have today was it yeah. like it was such a it was chockers they were spilling out everywhere but as you said everyone was just being nice it was just a great time to be alive yeah and I only went to one event. I could only get tickets for one event. That was um, the Dream Team against, I can't even remember, it might have been Russia or Lithuania. It was a quarterfinal, mm. but it was a pretty ordinary, as Dream Teams go, it was, you know, run of the mill. Yeah. But it was just, and it was on that night, because um, that was obviously at the basketball at the, um, at the Acer Arena, whatever it's called. But I swear half of the attendance arena was out the back watching Jumpin' Jai Tarima uh. and, and in the in the was it the long jump was he a long jumper yeah. or it might have been long Tim jump. Forsyth in the in the high jump but anyway half the crew wasn't even watching the basketball we were out the back because yeah all that was going on and oh it was uh, there was an uh, there was a field hockey final I think so we all paid a shitload for these tickets and yet we went in there just to watch about 10 minutes of it but anyway wow the, who thought we were going to talk about the Olympics uh, in this, who thought uh, we were going to mention Jump and Jai Tarima you would have got a jump, big price about about him being mentioned Jump and Jai Tarima <laughs> how are we going with the uh, racing uh, gents I, I was I had a, uh, what could have been one of the great Saturdays last week with all my all ups but bloody in her time was run down but Mm. That's that's racing. That happens. How are you boys been going? I can see Joel's referring to his. Uh, he's looking down, referring to his phone. So he's obviously got yeah. a tip. Hopefully, something for us for the weekend. All right. Yeah, Very I've got good. two here, boys. Uh, Jules Valance has fired through suppressor suppressor in Adelaide. So as I mentioned last week, if you easiest way to find it is to throw it in the search icon. So presser. So S O P R E S S A. That's in Adelaide. And Benny Shaw Woogie. He sent through, very, very keen tonight, boys. Uh, sand down, race 11. <laughs> and he gets another start, Dan, because he won yeah. last week. No, no, you're Squirrel. right. And, and, uh, no, no, I, 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 when I said last week, he gets one chance. Yep. That's, that's what I meant. You, you keep going, you ride it until it, it stops. So Squirrel was most uh, displeased with your comments. But anyway, uh, so he's shouldering arms this week, Squirrelino. <laughs> Um, we all look forward to it. He, he poleaxes himself every Tuesday night. He calls it Squirrel Steak Night. Jeez, we have fun 
and all the tech's starting to come through on these threads. But anyway, back to Woogie. Uh, he likes Sandown Race 11. Uh, this is tonight. So this is Thursday night. Number two, Keen Ando. Keen Ando. And Albion mm. Park, race one, number six, Hopeful Lash. $2.60, that one there. So uh, there you go. That's yeah, so we're going. Hang on. Albion Park, dogs or trots? Uh, dogs. Okay, the dishies. So he's a dog specialist. <laughs> oh, he's, yeah. A, yeah, he's, he's, he's a guru. He's numero, okay. you know, him and, him and Squirrel. When they align on something, yep. it's, uh, just just, uh, just get on get on, and get paid. Now, that's interesting that you say that because you brought me to my next point, uh, Sean, and that is now that I'm watching races every Saturday, I'm finding I'm doing things... Essentially, I find if Tony Brassel and David Gately agree on a tip... I will be unless it's odds on or something. I'm all in. I don't even look at the form. That's good enough for me. Who are tipsters that if they tip something, you will automatically pay attention? Um, oh, well, I've only got a I've got a couple of secret agents from from the Sportsbet HQ that I sort of align with. Um, <laughs> one's a complete lunatic. Who you got, Shorty boy? Well, can, we, a, can we have access to them, please? No, you can't. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to tell you. I, I would tell you, but I'd have to kill you. And once once we talk about Emac, the the mad Irishman, he's an absolute lunatic. But he's um he's form and he's form in Sydney's <laughs> second to none. So uh, well, I don't need to know who it is. Just send me the tips. Okay, all right. Well, I've got your number. Please, I'll flick, I'll flick him on. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, you don't want to answer those questions, boys. Okay. Um, which right? I, I find myself watching the Thoroughbred Channel, um, and I'll tell you why. Lizzie Jelfs is the first person I've ever seen do the um, parade who gives great analysis. That's not to say the others don't give good analysis, but... When she says something, it tends to stick. Now, I've only watched this for three or four weeks. So is she just in form or is she actually really good at this? Yeah. How much... Can you tell that much from looking at a horse walk around? I'm not too... Uh, I'm See, not I, too I sure always thought that too. I always thought it was just window dressing. It was a ex- ex- chance for us to look at Francesca. That's what I assume. Well, yeah. But she actually seems to get... Lizzie seems to get some value out of this. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, I know uh, we've, we've had Dodd on the... Uh, on the show before, and he's he's a big believer of getting down getting down to the yard on top of his all the usual form that he does, and he he, lo- he loves getting down there and seeing what the what the horse is doing in the uh, in the yard. I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know the the, the ass from a, from from the head of the horse. I have got no idea what I'm looking at. But some people do um, do believe in it big time. Mm. What about you, Joel? Um, Nick Ashman, I'm really keen on Nick Ashman at racing.com uh, Jules Valance too I love Jules's tips Simon Marshall's been seeing him well lately as well um, I tell you a really big staple for me if there's a first starter that's been backed off the map Dan that's that's sort of that's something I want to charge into I, I love copying a tip for the lesser known races and even at the lesser known tracks um, right. that's probably how I like to bet yeah okay alright um, that's that's uh that is interesting. Um, what do we? We don't mention this enough. What promotion are we? There's always a promotion for these races. You know, get your fifty dollar bonus bets or whatever. What are we doing this week? Well, minor is this? Is it been approved for again this week for Saturday? Yeah, I don't know what we're allowed to. Uh, what to relate to? What we're allowed to say? What oh, we can't we're say not allowed. To, oh, I'm sorry. Well, okay, no, we'll, we'll just no, go to well, the website. Some, 
there's some things we can, but depending on what state you're actually sitting in, if you've got one foot in Victoria, we can tell you something. But if you've got one foot in New okay. South Wales, we can tell you something. I will check the website. I don't want to get I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Speaking yeah, it's of a one, trouble, one stop shop. One stop shop. Jump on the app, go to promotions, and you'll yeah. see it all. But let me tell you, there's a shitload on offer for Saturday racing. So <laughs> that's the way to say it. Honestly, Sport- if that, I should be in branded marketing, shouldn't I? There's a shitload, yeah. there's a shitload of value to be had at Sportsbet. So just get on and check it out. Speaking of trouble, players in trouble, Joel. What have you made of this yep. week's events in rugby league? Oh, you can't put brains in statues sometimes, can you? <laughs> I mean, honestly. I mean, it, it doesn't completely surprise you, does it, Dan? Oh, God, no. I, I'm, su- I'm stunned it has taken this long. I, I'm stu- the the Latrell and Addo Carr thing, I mean, why would you film it um, and, and post it? That's the first thing. The Cleary thing I would have thought would have happened with the player well before this, well before this, because they are surrounded by people that, you know, they're young as well and don't know the ramifications mm. and have social media and want to make the world know that they're friends with a first-grade footballer. So I'm stunned it took this long, uh, frankly, but isn't it proof, as always, the cover-up is worse than the crime? Um, yes. Addo Carr and Mitchell tried to justify their actions by saying it was a cultural exchange or whatever you know whatever they're saying which involved you know what uh, motorbikes and shotguns um and nathan cleary was caught lying when or, or, or certainly not not being forthright with the truth when he said i was waiting i was just with the girls for 10 minutes waiting for an uber and then out comes yeah. a TikTok. so if these players just said look sorry uh, if Addo Carr and Mitchell said, well, geez, we thought on private property we were okay, we've learned our lesson, so sorry, we would have gone, okay, silly, get on with it. If Cleary had sort of said, yep, you caught me, I did the wrong thing, I'm so sorry, we would have, he would have copped his fine, but that would have been the end of it. But once you're caught lying, boy, oh boy, that's hard to walk back. Hmm. To be fair to uh, to Nathan, I would have sent him a fine if he didn't let the girls into his house. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a lose lose for, for for poor Nate. But look, yeah, I think it's not the crime of the century. It's just a bit it's it's stupidity more than anything. But they've they've learned their lesson. And I doubt he'll be starring in any more TikToks um, in the near future. Sean, you might be a bit young for this one, but uh, Dan, do you remember many years ago Marat Safin turned up to the Australian Open oh. with his harem of uh, supporters? Well, that might be the right word because I think they might have been from the Daily Planet. Um, oh, okay. They, there was a suggestion that they were the best women money could buy. Uh, right. okay. But that certainly set tug. That was the day he played Leighton Hewitt. Was it? Highest, okay. highest rating sports match, a sports contest in Australia since the Olympics, since the Sydney Olympics. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. So, um, and I'm not sure I was going for Leighton that night. I, I, I'm not sure Leighton was totally loved by Australia at that point. But um, So just on that subject, if Nick Kyrgios is playing in a final today against whoever, are, mm. are you likely going for him or not? I, I'm not going for him. No, is that un-Australian? I, I've always been... No, it's not un-Australian. I've always been a Nick Kyrgios fan because I think there's a good kid in there, but he's just... Uh, desperate to be rebellious but mm. but I can understand Sean why a lot of Australians don't cheer for him even with all the good stuff he did this year with the bushfire relief and the, we actually saw some humility and some emotion from him mm. who are you going for between uh, Kyrgios and Bernard Tomic if they lined up against each other <laughs> oh 
I might need a couple of injuries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll probably Nick. Yeah, now, is it, true, is, is it true Sportsbet is now the major sponsor of a brand new league? <laughs> that, has this just been announced? Yeah, talk, talk us through what the league is and I might be able to help you out. I've got no, no idea. The, the, the Duck League. The, um, it's a rubber duck league, I believe. Racing. There's racing uh, <laughs> going on. So they'll be decked out in the AFL colours, is my understanding. Um, but we're right on board. Like, we, we heard about it. We snapped up the opportunity. And uh, there you go, eh? It's um, exciting times here at Sportsbet. It's not April one, is it? No. Where are we? All right, well, if you you can bet on it, I probably will. So sign me up. I'm just bringing up the press release here, yeah. So uh, it's the biggest deal we've ever signed when it comes to commercial agreements for racing rubber ducks. (laughs) 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 Whilst we can't reveal the specifics, it's safe to say we're investing four figures plus into the league in one year. The semi-professional Yellow Rubber Ducky League launched a huge fanfare last week with Season 1 consisting of 12 races. And while wagering on Season 1 is not permitted, the bookmaker anticipates opening up wagering for Season 2. Round 1 received nationwide acclaim with Jacob Beavis, the host and star of The Bev Show, rung in as the official voice behind the action. We all dream as kids that we run a sports team or a league. When we created the Australian Duck League, we never envisaged it would start to reach the dizzying heights it is now. (laughs) Oh, it's all on. Uh, Round two of the ADL gets quacking at approximately 7.30 p.m. on Thursday. It's on tonight. Oh, wow. It's on tonight. Yeah, you can catch uh, each round of the ADL, uh, the Australian Duck League, live on Sportsbet's Facebook channel on Thursday nights. All we'll right. find out more about the ADL, blah, 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 blah. But, but what is the on. actual sport? So I get it's, ru- what, are they human big-sized rubber duckies or little bath-sized rubber duckies? <laughs> I don't know. They're just duckies. <laughs> I don't know. But you can find it. All. I'm, I'm actually going to be tuning into Facebook tonight at 7.30 to, to, uh, to follow the ADL, Dan. Right. Okay. i tell you one sport which I think has got, I don't think many of these sports will survive, you know, as betting sports or whatever once mm. we get back to normal. I, I, I note last night the E-Series, which has been doing monster ratings on Fox, still rating very well, uh, but its ratings went down a little. I, I think perhaps the novelty is just starting to wear off. But Japanese Kieran racing is mm. actually interesting to watch. I mean, it's like, it's it dead said got the same rhythms as horse racing, but it's got Japanese people on bicycles. <laughs> what more do you want, Dad? Throwing some putting. Well, it's they're good fields. <laughs> they're fields of six, aren't they? So that's a good size field. So you're going to get, you're going to get some um, value. And I think it's. I think it might be. I think it's just greyhound racing on wheels. I think might, there might be eight runners. They're all in the same sort of colours as 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 the dogs, and very very bizarre. But it has been um, has been popular. I think we might be live streaming it. In fact, so it's all happening in the punting world. There you go. All right. I think we've just about covered all our topics here, unless there's something you want to touch on, Joel or Sean. Yeah, boys, uh, this podcast, I'm very proud to say, it brings together people who may not know each other and may not still really know each other. And what I've found out is that a number of our listeners have sort of got in together behind the scenes and they're having their own little racing comps between each other. So what I'm going to do uh, on Saturday and... I'll get in touch with those who are sort of more vocal behind our podcast and are being engaging and, and those sorts of things. And, and uh, the executive scorer, Jarv, has been, has been part of this 
a so-called Super League racing uh, entourage. I'm going to be in touch with these people, and we're going to yeah. run a Saturday racing comp. So fantastic. Uh, I'll, Yep, so those who, who have sort of thrown their two bobs in on the social media, namely Twitter, because that's what I'm on more, so I'm not really on the other yeah. ones. Um, if you're, you're commenting and getting involved in the conversations, I'll be in touch and we'll have a racing game on Saturday with prizes to be determined. Wow. So hang on, what are they doing? A Super League? What, what are we, what, what are we well, doing? No, they've, they've been doing a racing game. So say on a Saturday, they'll have a selection in each race and they give a 3-2-1 yep. uh, and whoever gets the most points wins. I don't personally like the 3-2-1. I'd prefer it to be dividend based. So what course, I'll, I'll make the be. game, yeah, that's right. So we'll get a selection in each in each race, and whatever the each way dividend pays thanks to Sportsbet's Top Tote Plus, uh, that will be your score. And at the end of that, you know, we'll, we'll have a we'll have a you know oh. some of our tighter uh, loyal listeners who yeah. are always throwing in their two bobs and contributing. Yeah. I'll be in touch with those guys. Excellent. And and by the way, someone asked me a question a couple of weeks ago on I think it was on Twitter. Um, I was talking about playing the stocks and and the demo you know just mucking around pretend money it was the plus 500 website or app plus 500 that's the one where you sign up and it doesn't cost you anything and they will give you 50,000 play dollars to play the stock market with now I I burn mine in 15 minutes Um, so (laughs) do better than me please Um, yeah I've never had so many tips for the stock market as I ever since gambling stopped. Essentially, yeah. now I've got people tipping me into stocks, which um, is just a refined form of gambling. Uh, you're, not, you're, not, you're not referring to anyone on this uh, podcast, eh, mate? Because Joel, <laughs> Joel Warren Buffett, Kane, he's got, oh, he's, got he's stock, one. stock tips coming out of his ass. He's one. I was at Fox yesterday. I had someone there telling me about something. I was somewhere else the other day. I had someone else telling me about as if you know. Uh, I'm. Uh, well, come uh, on, give us one, Dan. G- no, I can't. Give us one. I can't. No, no, no. Nah. I promise you, okay. I can't. It was one okay. of those things that was said in confidence. Okay. Uh, right. Because there was certain. T- I think it was inside information, frankly. That's, but, that um, stinks. That stinks of insider trading to me. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I feel I free to text us off was, there. It, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Well, no, I won't text you. I'm not going to leave a, f- a, a bloody um, a <laughs> trial of that. Uh, now, you brought up something, Joel, about uh, uh, our, our, our loyal audience having a Super League and, and you think it should be dividend-based. I'm putting it to you and to Sean that when you see tipsters in the Herald Sun or the Daily Telegraph in Rugby League or an AFL, mm. there's a score, right? Yes. And it ranks. Yes. Why is there no score for tipsters when it comes to racing, whether it's sportsmen, whether it's best bets, whether it's any newspaper form guide? There should be accountability. Well, I totally agree. Why do you think there might not be? Uh, well, I understand why there might it? not be. But <laughs> how about yeah. this? Let's come up with an independent website where you yep. tally them. It's not hard. I mean, there's not that nah. many tipsters out there. You tally them all up and you keep a running score. Love it. Call them out, Dan. Love it. But you know what, the, the, the truth of it... Now, here, here's what I'm going to say, and Sean may or may not agree with this, but a racing tip, right, and, and any other tip for that matter, and we do this on our podcast, it really is worthless without having a price attached because if I tip you blokes heads in heads and tails, right, mm. look, it, it's, if it wins, yeah, it's a great tip, but it's not a great tip if you get a $1.60. If, it's, if the probability is 50%, Heads is only a great tip if you're consistently getting $2.20. So if somebody says, here's a tip, 
well, what's the bloody price for this tip? You know what I mean? And, and yeah. so many tips are out there without any perceived value attached or price attached to it. Do you agree with that, Sean? Oh, you know, yeah, you know my uh, views on on tipping and, and everything else. It's just, it's a it's a thankless game because if it, if they don't win, if you if you tip your mate something at at twenty to one and it loses, you know they're up you for for why it didn't win. You know that that that's never going to win more often than not. But that's just the that's just the nature of the game. Yeah. Um, but that's what we're here to do. We're here to we're here to enlighten people. Sure, that's exactly right. But right. but even when so Sean would go in front of the whole company, Dan and. And they do a whip around. They get the AFL trader, Cam Dean, and they get others on there, the racing tips. And Sean would always say, well, I like the Newcastle Knights this week at $4.50. You know, he, yeah. he wasn't saying he loves the Knights. Clearly, yeah. if he's hanging off a cliff and he had to choose one, he's choosing the other team. But yeah. at the $4.50, he thought it was a bet. Yeah. That's exactly. Exactly. So we're all, we're all in agreement. All right. Yeah, yeah. for once, which, which worries me. <laughs> all right. Uh, I... I, I I've covered off everything I wanted to boys anything you want to touch on before we say farewell oh, I've got to go on record um, uh, apologising to Big Man at the top of the show I called him blocker <laughs> Daryl I Daryl I sincerely apologise for that <laughs> that's me so, I love uh, hey Sean you'll get this I love that Jim Cassidy still doesn't know your name nor mine <laughs> <laughs> how many times did he refer to us as mate and champ and, that's right and I loved it I loved it and even at the end, see you, buddy. See you, buddy. I think I, I think I confused him when he signed the book for my old man. I, I told him, right, can you, can, you, can you make it out for George? And that just really put him up the river. That did. No, a nicer, per, a nicer couple you would not meet. So no, I, fantastic. I, I no to, problem like, with Jimmy. We have to get back, was it Vicky back. not knowing our names? That's all fine. Yeah. We have to get back, right. back around there for a few beers, definitely, do another podcast. That was outstanding. Yeah. Around hey, the golf when uh, it, the distancing rules are over. Yeah, he's got a part two in him, by the way. Yep, 100%. Easy, easy. Anyway, uh, we've got to go, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Uh, But Joel, as always, the final word. Most importantly, uh, at this time, drink responsibly, but also (laughs) gamble responsibly. (laughs) 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 